All right, everybody, welcome back in. It is week nine of the College Football Pick'em Show. We're ready. We're ready for a big rivalry week. Well, at least in the state of Michigan, it is. Uh, we're not talking about that game. Uh, just nothing good is going to come out of that conversation. Go green. Uh, today right. coming up, we got picks. Uh, thank you, JC. Uh, we've got picks coming up. We're going to try something different where we start off just kind of bullshitting about whatever game we, we really want to talk about generally involves Georgia or Tennessee as of late. Uh, it's become a Georgia, Tennessee line, uh, podcast. So, uh, how about the tad? How about the tad? Yeah. Bobcat just for spoilers. Now's the point in time where I introduce our panel, Bobcat, still MIA, uh, get better, Bobcat. We'll lead off with a gentleman who, it, Todd Gurley might be his best friend, even though he doesn't want to show up on his podcast, but he does. He is the lieutenant. He is a former two-time champion. He is. A writer for UGA Wire, J.C. Shelton, host of UGA Football Live. <laughs> it gets better every week, too. I appreciate you having me on again. Uh, can't wait to start pulling away. That's that's how it's going to be. Going to take over this weekend and start pulling away. Um, over at UGA Football Live, though. I've got Todd Gurley on my podcast. Said he didn't want to be there, uh, but then six weeks later, he's there. Uh, much, much nicer when he's not drinking drinks uh, at a Georgia tailgate, I guess. Which, you know, it's full of guys who have podcasts, unfortunately. But none like mine. That's right. Shout out to UJ Football Live. Hit us up there. Um, also, UJWire.com. Got your pregame lines for Georgia, Florida. We broke that one down. And I got some analysis coming out in the next couple of days. Before that big one next week, you can catch. Sorry, I just had a stroke there. You can catch the whole fucking show, CBD, on UJ Football Live as well next week. Beautiful stuff. And, I mean, that's a perfect tie in. You know him as the main event. I mean, this is why people listen. He's been busy in the past week. He's been looking up the load bearing weights of rope at uh, Lowe's and Home Depot, doing a compare contrast, little Venn diagram there. Uh, he is Mr. Tuesday night. He's Mr. Wednesday night. He is Mr. Thursday night. He is the whole effing show. The F literally and figuratively stands for fucking. He is CVD Chris Van Dyne. NCSports.com, North Coast Sports. How are you, Chris? Are you okay? I'm I'm okay. Uh last week took a lot out of me. Uh, you don't say our our layphone plays burned a hole in my ass. Uh Clemson. I you know, I don't even want to go through them again. Clemson was our five star. They were minus 14. It probably would have been uh, – they probably would have covered if it wasn't for DJ fumbling that ball and it get returned 97 yards for a touchdown. 14-point swing, thank you very much. We had three plays on quarterbacks that, uh, on games where our starting quarterback got hurt. Uh, one where the backup got hurt too, so third-string quarterback, that works out well. Uh, two teams blew double-digit leads and didn't cover. Um, a lot of turnovers. We had Miami, eight turnovers. That was awesome. Um, eh, you know, move on next new week. Uh, you know, I've, I've drank a lot this week and, uh, Good, I talked about it. I talked about it a little bit on the, uh, power suite podcast, but I also ate the Diablo chicken sandwich at Arby's as punishment. And, oh, oh my God, dude, I didn't know what that was. I just pulled into Arby's. I was like, Diablo chicken sandwich. Sounds That's good. That's the name they they call it that because that's what it looks like coming out of your damn ass. Yeah, I you know what I didn't realize until after I took a bite that they actually give you a uh, a QR code to scan with your phone to take a video of yourself eating it 
and show oh, them how much pain you're in. Oh and I'm like, why am I eating this? Oh, I deserve it. <laughs> this has been just an, a series of unfortunate events for CVD. Yeah, yeah. But, wow. you know, I got 20 middle school kids that are about to cause me to rip my hair out. But I still love them. Um, no, nah, I'm doing okay. We're, I think we're going to have a better week. I can't go. It can't get worse than one and six, I think. Yeah, um, just uh, and and look, uh, maybe we just take a week or two before we have the game of the year play. Yeah, that's not happening just yet. Yeah, and we would like to have a winning week first. That's something to shoot for, and yeah. I think this week, as I've been saying the past seven weeks, eight weeks, but I didn't really mean it those weeks. Uh, I mean it this week. It's hey, a winning week. One of these days, I'm going to hit a lock on this podcast, too. One of these days. We're getting to that. Holy Christ. Uh, just You have been so good. Consistent. If people have faded you on your locks Dude, and faded you on your dogs, you have made a ton of money this year. <laughs> uh, no. But anyway, we'll get to that in the second part of the show. Let's uh, let's chop it up. Okay, we both you guys have big games down in the SEC. We have to play real football, and uh, I'll, okay. I, I mean, might as well chop it up. I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk about MSU Michigan. So let's talk a little. We'll start on the Florida Georgia line as uh, the outdoor the outdoor cocktail party where you guys eat shrimp in a parking lot. In Jacksonville, like that, cool. Um, yeah, so Georgia's gonna just fucking destroy Florida. I mean, Florida has no defense, and AR fifteen is atrocious. So, like, is is that pretty much it? Am I am I am I missing some? I'll throw it. I'll throw it to Chris first because I tend to go long on these. All right, we um, we don't need the five deep, JC. I'm, I'm not gonna give you the the full. You can get that at UJ Football Live with JC Show. I, I I think this game might be a little bit closer than people think. This is the role that Billy Napier has excelled in his entire career as a head coach. Big underdog, count him out. 13-3 and three is an underdog in his career, uh, going back to the start of Louisiana when that program was pretty much a dumpster fire and they were covering against a much better App State team constantly. Um you know, I there's a lot of bad, but there's also some good that you can find when you look at their games. First off, you know, I know it's a long time ago now, but they did beat Utah at the beginning of the year. Uh, they were beating Kentucky at home at halftime. They only lost to Tennessee by five. Granted, it did take a couple late touchdowns to get them back in the game, but they were really never – they weren't dominated in that game in any way, shape, or form. Tennessee uh, forced a fumble at one point that really uh, gave him good field position. Um, you know, but it, it seems like every week something's amiss with Florida defensively in, in their last game against LSU, giving up 528 yards, 45 points. Um, Georgia does seem like better teams they play this year. They're kind of playing to their level of the competition. Uh, it's not – at least, you know, other than playing Vanderbilt, who gets dominated by most of the better teams in the SEC, they're not getting real big distance on teams that you would expect. I do think Florida is a better team than Auburn, and, and you know, that was a 32-point win. I think that, you know, 22 for this rivalry seems like a lot of points to me. I don't think it'll be any closer than, say, 15 or 16 points. But I think Florida is the kind of team that would be very happy to eat clock, try to uh, try to shorten this game up as much as possible, and possibly stay within. For them, a twenty-one point loss is probably a moral victory, and they'll they'll be happy to take that, or maybe a seventeen-point loss. And Georgia does have Tennessee on deck. Not that they're going to look ahead. But in the fourth quarter, they probably aren't going to be, you know, if they're up three touchdowns, they're not going to be trying to, you know, necessarily tack on. They just want to get home and get ready for Tennessee because they know that's going to be a game where they're going to need all hands on deck for. Yeah, I mean, I could see. So, I mean, you said a couple of things there that make sense, right? And that is a lot of points for a rivalry. And 
that game against Kentucky, but they played close. Tennessee as well. But to me, something that stands out is if you look back at last year, you know, Georgia, again, one of the top teams. Um, Florida had a better defense last year. Uh, AR didn't start that game. He came in and had m- most of the reps. But he hasn't really shown much growth this year at all. I mean, he has more interceptions and touchdowns. And then, you know, the best defense they've played thus far is Kentucky by a long shot. Number two defense in the SEC. They put up 16 in that game. But AR went 143 yards on 14 of 35 and two interceptions, no touchdowns. And he had – and we all talk about his legs, right? He had six carries for four yards. And he only had one sack against him too. So really had six carries for four yards straight up. Um, I I just don't see them being able to put drives together to score points. And Georgia, again, they've only allowed five offensive touchdowns by opponents this year. Um, we thought they would take a step down from last year in defense. They have a little bit statistically, but they still are the best defense in the SEC. And it's going to be hard for Florida to put together those drives, I think. That's the number one thing for me. And then that Georgia offense is better than it was a year ago. Stetson Bennett, when they when they played Florida, that was really one of his better games leading up to how he played in the postseason minus the SEC championship there. Um, so I think he's more comfortable spread it around, and these weapons are really playing well on the outside for Georgia right now. Um, so when you look at last year, I think it'll be a different game. This year, we forced two turnovers. One was a pick six last year. I think it'll be more of an offensive game for Georgia. I don't see Florida scoring more than 13 points, to be honest. Um, That's the only reason I I like this line. It started at 17, went to 22. If it gives more than this, I'd be hesitant. But I kind of like 22, uh, just being that – like I talked to a couple of former Georgia Bulldogs, and it really doesn't matter what your team is like going into this game. It's just the feeling around it. Like we always – I feel like play up for Florida under Kirby Smart. Um, 2020 was a weird situation when we lost that game and got killed by Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and we didn't have a quarterback that game. Really, we were in a quarterback frenzy. We had three different guys play that game. Not the case this year. I think it's a statement game for Georgia. I think they have the guys it takes on defense to really keep AR in the pocket. And when he gets out of the pocket, he hasn't shown that he can really stretch the field in the pass game. As long as you have a secondary that can stay in coverage, and Georgia does have that, right? So I just don't think they're going to have much space on offense. So that's why I kind of like 22 and a half. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, you know, even, you know, my analysis, it makes me kind of queasy thinking about betting on Florida. Um, It didn't. They could. I mean, uh, yeah. And um, I mean, you know, he, played better against LSU, but they, they really protected him. They ran the ball a lot that game. And the one problem is they're not going to be able to do that on Georgia. But they might not be able to. It's it and their designed runs, that's what something I was watching back on on their tape this week. Their design runs, I feel like teams are ready for that when AR takes off. But it's when he scrambles, gets out of the pocket, makes something happen. That's when they breaks off the big ones. I yeah. Feel like. Yeah. But so, I mean that's something that Georgia's gonna have to keep in and there's no better guy to fucking prepare for that shit than Kirby Smart having to defend that. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't play Georgia here. I mean, I I couldn't play Florida here. I'll admit that. I I, I really couldn't. Well, against Kentucky, like, that line just made me – it just stood out to me because that's really the only thing we can compare to defensively for who they played this year. Yeah. You know, and then they are allowing, like, 429 yards per game, Florida is. And Georgia's up over 500 or something like that on offense. No, not 500. That can't be right. I can't. I don't know what they're averaging on offense, but it, it's more than that. What oh, Georgia's averaging on offense? Yeah, let me look it up real quick. Uh, it is 527 yards. Oh, per it game. is 527. Okay. Yeah, they've only been held under 500 twice. Missouri and Sanford. Yeah. Well, they. I mean, they haven't played. Sanford yet. was. Yeah, Sanford was. I mean, they had more starters. How uh, dare you! Talk about the Bulldogs that way. How dare yeah, Bulldogs you. are playing well. That Juco quarterback they got is good. I like it. Uh, you brought up Kentucky, JC. CVD, you got a big game. I mean, those black uniforms do look pretty slick. Seven. Is it 7 or 7.30 in Neyland Stadium? Uh, you're hosting the Wildcats. Rawr! 
Wildcat. Do you remember the most? Well, JC, you won't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You won't know what I'm talking about. So when I think about the Wildcats, I I think about the the movie movie from the 80s with Goldie Hawn as the the inner city high school football coach. Yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't seen you haven't seen Wildcats, I mean, top five. Fantastic. Really? Top five. Football movie. Gold, of all time. Imagine, I mean, Goldie Hawn is a, is a high school football coach in an inner city. Yeah, know, wait, a, whoa, whoa, you know, here. a rough inner city team. Here's a topic off completely from what Stu likes to do. Top two football movies of all time. I'll start. Remember the Titans, number one by far. Remember the Titans gets that little feeling in your heart, makes you want to cry a little bit, but also punch through a wall. And number two, Invincible. Okay, uh, shout out to anonymous New Jersey listeners wherever you yeah. are. Go so what's Jersey. your top? What's your top two? Oh man, or top three? Um, all right. Oh man, I now I forget the name of the movie. Um, hold on. Uh, the best of times. The best of times uh, is my favorite. Get, wait, wait, is it? Oh no, I'm thinking of Brian's song. Never mind. No, the best of times is Kurt Russell and Robin Williams. Okay, and it's a. Have you ever seen it? No, I've never seen big this. football guy Robin Williams. Yeah. Uh, so it's about uh, their old high. They were high school teammates, and they back when they were in high school, they they had big game, and Robin Williams drops the touchdown pass that would have won in the game. He's dorky little dude and Kurt Russell was a star quarterback so like 20 years later they decide to uh have a rematch with their rival to play this game again 20 years later as old men and I want to say like unbelievable uh uh, dude it's it's silly but it's the longest yard uh it's it's silly but funny um but I I have have a soft heart for that movie because that was like my grandfather's favorite movie um, I don't know. Probably, I, I like the one, um, the one with the rock where he was coaching that uh inner city, like, oh, yeah, um, gridiron, gridiron gang. I uh, thought you were gonna go with Lucas, the the lupus addict, uh, not, not addicted, no, the the lupus kid who goes out for high school football. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's oh, I gotta send that to you. It's it's kind of funny. No idea. Uh, I, I'm going well. Obviously, if Wildcats is up there for <laughs> me, uh, I, I'm going any given Sunday, and I'm going Friday Night Lights. I I, I think those two. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Do it for me. But by the way, speaking of lupus, did you see the special needs kid that got blown up on one of those plays? We, you yes. know, they, yeah. Oh, yeah. School, so, someone did not it. get the memo. <laughs> someone didn't get the memo, and you knew it was bound to happen. And he, I mean, he he hit him right at the mesh point. I mean, it was a swim move. Hit. I mean, great. I I wonder if this is going to end up on his tape. He blitzed right off the corner too. Like, what happens if a special needs kids? What if he gets CTE? Does he like? Does he explode? Maybe it makes him. Well, look, look at the podcast. He's doing just. May, <laughs> I, I got. I gotta. I gotta make a uh, amendment. I'm gonna take uh, Gridiron Gang off and put the Express on. I I, I really like the Express. The Express oh, yeah. is good. That yeah. is good. Oh, we've got about Rudy too. Oh, eh, uh, Rudy! Rudy uh, can go a, straight to hell. That is a yeah, garbage, a garbage movie about a garbage person. Yeah, that's fair. Uh so a nice little trek off the road back to the wildcats at neyland stadium uh you you are the leader of all nation go ahead cbd um who's playing again no i'm just kidding (laughs) uh not ut martin buddy (laughs) these ain't Uh, you know what that was the skyhawks brother that was the perfect week to play ut martin and man did they have no mercy on them (laughs) uh I have some concerns defensively, naturally, because of the secondary and how beat up they are. 
they really need to get Kamal Haddon back. Christian Charles, I saw us giving up like uh, going into last week, 14 completions and the 21 targets that have been thrown at him. Uh, they lost Warren Burrell for the season. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, they're going to get uh, Snoop McCullough back. You know, I, I don't know what the status of his situation is. So their secondary is missing some key pieces. Brandon Turnage, the Alabama transfer, also got hurt last week. So, you know, I have some concerns. Will Levis did have a pretty good game last year. He threw for 387 against Tennessee. That was a weird game where Tennessee had the ball for a total of 14 minutes, and Kentucky had the ball for 46 minutes and finished with uh, a 151-yard edge. But Tennessee won largely that, that game swung on a pick six by Alante Taylor. I think that the one thing I, I really like that favors the balls here is Kentucky's going to want to try to control the clock like they did against Mississippi State. They ran 48 times for 239 yards. That was really the first good rushing performance by Kentucky's offensive line all year long. They had looked abysmal going into that game, and they had really struggled to protect Will Levis. They had given up – uh, 14 sacks in the previous three games, and they've given up 26 on the season, but only gave up one to Mississippi State. Tennessee's the one thing they do really well defensively is stop the run. Nobody has run on them. They're giving up four yards, less than four yards a carry, actually, less than three yards a carry, and not a single team has hit four yards a carry. Yeah, because you most can rushing yards. What's that? Yeah, because you can pass on them all day if you want. Uh, in some of those games, yeah. Uh, against the against Alabama, I agree. And Florida was a lot of those passing yards came late. Um, they gave up one run to Abonaconda in the pit game and then shut Pitt down, run the ball the rest of the game. So they've done a very good job. LSU only had 55 rushing yards in that game on 28 carries. Tennessee had five sacks. So they can – they, they do a good job stopping the run. I think that Kentucky is going to try to control the clock, like I said, and it'll probably work for a while. But the problem is that they just, like last year, they gave up some big plays. Tennessee just keeps attacking you downfield, and eventually you're going to slip up and make those mistakes unless you've got an elite secondary. And I don't think Kentucky's – secondary it's good but I don't think it's elite it's not like they're going to face next week I think Alabama's secondary is probably better than Kentucky's um you know Kentucky they do have six interceptions they've only given up four touchdowns on the season but Alabama had only given up three touchdowns outside of the game against Tennessee as well so you know I, I don't think that's an advantage necessarily to Kentucky. I think Tennessee's going to get their passing yards. They might get Tillman back this week. Uh, I haven't heard definitively that he's not playing. It wouldn't surprise me if they hold him out for one more week and have him for Georgia. But I, I think that Tennessee will wear Kentucky out with, with their tempo and eventually get enough big plays to get some distance. If Kentucky falls behind, then they have to throw the ball. I, I, I think that Tennessee will – Cover thir- the 12 and a half, 13 and a half, uh, not comfortably, but I see this game ending around 17 points. I mean, I like that. I like that. I could see it both ways. It's going to be a really interesting game because it, it could be really close with how Kentucky plays defense and how they're the complete opposite of Tennessee on offense as well. You know, it, it's two opposites going against each other here. Um, we talked about it a lot last week too, and a little bit before the show, you know, it, the best defense that Tennessee has played thus far, is going to be this team. Like you said, not, not quite the secondary of maybe Georgia, possibly Alabama. They've played well. Kentucky has, um, in the back end as well. You know, it's going to be, if Kentucky can really keep Tennessee's offense off the field and force three and outs, that's how they're going to beat them. That's how they're going to get close and have a chance at the end. But it, let's say that it is a close game and Tennessee's able to do that for three quarters or three and a half quarters. And then you force Tennessee in, into that pressure situation of scoring points at the end. I mean, who, what, what offense are you going to take there? Right. It doesn't really matter Kentucky's defense in that standpoint. I think Tennessee has that, that offensive, those offensive weapons moving and, and Hooker playing really well. 
and that scheme to put up points fast is even if Kentucky has maybe a late lead, I think Tennessee could come back so easily. Um, the point is, is it a 12 and a half? Is that what I'm seeing? I believe so. Yeah. I, I believe it is 12 and a half right now. Yeah, 12 and a half. I'm not going to touch this just because I don't know how Tennessee's going to play against a defense like this. We'll, we'll see. Um, but I, I like hooking that offense so well, and they can score so quickly. Even if they're down in, the, in late, I, I would still feel confident if I'm a volunteer <laughs> like CVD here, um, I'd still feel confident at the end of the game that we were going to come back somehow. And they very well could, you know, it could be a 20-point game with how that offense can play and just go off sometimes. Yeah. We've seen that plenty of times this year. Um, but, you know, like Tennessee's, like you said, holes in the secondary. Can Will Levis kind of re replicate last year and really push the ball down the field? I think he'll have the opportunity. And then my question on, on Tennessee's – on Kentucky's defense here – and Tennessee's defense, can you stop the run? Um, especially those volunteers secondary, right? Because you said you had some holes there. Can they come up and, and take down Chris Rodriguez, one of the toughest runners in the SEC? He ran it 30 times a couple of weeks ago. And are they going to try to do that? Is Kentucky going to try to really pound it inside and you know force you to tackle that guy all game? That could be a problem, right, at the end of the game. That could be a problem, him chewing up the clock if they have a late lead. You got to be able to stop them. Yeah. So I, I just don't, I don't have a good feel for this at all. I'm, I'm really excited to see it though. I'll be watching this one closely. It'll come on after Georgia, Florida, I believe. So definitely going to be watching it close. I, I think JC, if this was, if this was a game at Kentucky, this game would scare me to death, but a home yeah. night game in Knoxville fans all fired up after, you know, two weeks ago, the Bama game and everything. I just can't see and our thing, you know, can Kentucky protect Will Levis? Because they have done a piss poor job of doing it this year. Yeah, six oh, sacks wow. against South Carolina. And South Carolina's, you know, their their defensive line and their linebackers are okay. Yeah, but not, I think Tennessee's defensive line and linebackers, Byron Young's probably better than anything South Carolina has. That that's a good point that I didn't even think of, and it's something that was glaring when we were watching Kentucky earlier this season. Is that offensive line is nowhere near it was last year. No, they're not good right now. Um, very, very like the the difference between their pass blocking and run blocking is crazy to me because they'll run they'll run block all day, right? But then Will Levis, like you said, can they protect him? He takes some vicious hits on a game to game basis, and that's why he was out. Like, how healthy is he going to be too? Yeah. Right. Think and about this: they gave up twenty five sacks all last year. That included six in the bowl game. So nineteen sacks in the regular season. They've already given up 26 Good in, God. what, seven games? Good God. Part of that is Will Levis holding the damn ball, I will say. Right? He is trying holding to, the ball. Being Sam long. Howell trying to hold the ball too long can yeah. make things happen. But that that could be an area Tennessee can exploit. For yeah, sure. that'll lead to turnovers. Yeah. I, I did take Kentucky on a ticket Sunday night when this line went straight to 13 and a half. I don't know. I just feel like it's a look ahead spot. It's it's a night game. They should they should win Tennessee being they pronouns pal, but I don't know. I I I respect Kentucky enough defensively. You got to think they're going to try and extend the plays, extend drives kind of if you can keep that Tennessee offense off the field, you're going to be in good shape. And I, I respect Kentucky's defense. I think it's it's not bad. It's well, they it's did a good job elite, of keeping, but it's not bad. They did a good job of keeping Tennessee off the field last year. The problem was part of the way they kept Tennessee off the field was by allowing seventy-five yard touchdown passes in the first play of the drive. Yeah, yeah so, that that could be an issue. I, I yeah, I, I, it's not going to be on my serious bets, but it was on my uh, Sunday bet. But it, it does scare me a little bit. Kentucky is a dangerous underdog. And, you know, as a Tennessee fan, I'm not used to being comfortable. And I'm waiting for that shoe to drop. If it drops next week against Georgia, that's understandable. But I'm waiting for there, there to be a game where you're like, really? We we were we were doing so well. And yeah, I just you like, should be you should it be, be fine, any Chris. week now. I mean, you're playing you're playing a basketball school. It's either this or South Carolina, and please don't lose to those guys. 
Yeah, your luck with South Carolina, not great. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to get to the picks coming up right after these short words from our friends over at NC Sports. We'll be back right after this. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Van Dyne from North Coast Sports. You'll hear me here every week during football season with my main man, Stu, from the StuCast. And just want to let everyone know we got a lot going on at North Coast. We got Power Sweep coming up. Going to be releasing that at the end of August. And get on board for Power Sweep at ncsports.com. Definitely check out our podcast on ncsports.com. And like I said, you'll hear me every week giving out some of the best handicapping picks that you will get in the industry uh, with Stu and Bobcat every week here, as well as at North Coast Sports, ncsports.com. And we're looking forward to football season. All right, back with the big part of the show. It is picks time, and we're leading off with Saving Private Ryan. We're leading off with the Lieutenant J.C. Shelton. Overall, 33, 31, and one push on the year. Locks are eight and nine. Dogs are kind of coming together after last week. 12, 11, and a push. Uh... JC, what do you got? And please go in order, some kind of order. Okay, here we're gonna. Here's how we're gonna do it, Stu. I'm gonna give you just two straight up, three straight up picks, and then we'll go dogs and then locks. That sounds great. All right, buddy. All right, and guys, we're coming back. We're, I, we're gonna come back. I feel good about this card. I have more picks than usual, so I'm pretty confident. Back over 500 on my show. So I'm feeling this is the point in the season where the champ is going to have that champ mentality um, and just take off from here, okay? Because I am still defending champion, no matter what Stu says. Okay. Starting off, Miami Hurricanes. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They're they're a two-point favorite at Virginia, according to my number, which was – Two, yes. Okay, it's two. Stu, just you're gonna have to help me here because I I did this on Tuesday. Um, at Virginia, Virginia's dog shit, uh, and Miami just got whacked last week. Crystal Ball, this is his time to step up and show that he can lead this team in the future. I feel like, um, and being that Virginia is so shit, I think Miami wins by at least a field goal, if not more here. So I like Miami. Just talked about USC Junior, the Gamecocks, doing well, doing well. Ever since that ass whooping that Georgia gave them, they have really come into their own, which is good to see because I want these the SEC East to really give me some more competition here. I love what Tennessee's doing. Kentucky playing well too. That'll be a good game. But USC's coming up too, so I like them to cover four at home versus Missouri, who I took last week because Vanderbilt is atrocious and Missouri played Georgia tough. So I was like, Missouri, come on. You can, you can at least beat Vandy by three touchdowns. Anybody can beat Vandy by three touchdowns. Like, come on. No, 17 to 14, horrendous. And that's why I like South Carolina. They are rolling. It's at home. That's a loud place to play. Give me a South Carolina. First time ranked this year, I believe, number 25. Yep. All right, let's go with our other straight-up pick. Number nine, Oklahoma State at number 22, Kansas State. Um, This game really could go either way. It really could. Uh, I think both teams are pretty well matched here. Um, Kansas State off a tough loss to TCU where they had that game for most of it. Uh, Was watching that one pretty closely because I had – TCU at the end. Um, I do like OK State. I've played them a couple of times this year already, and I'm going to play them again. Kansas State's getting a point and a half, right, Stu? Uh, Oklahoma State is getting a point and a half. Read that wrong, but I'm still going to take them. Still going to take OK State here. Um, I know it's it's away. I believe it's a noon game, though. 
It I is believe. a three thirty game. Okay, I believe it's a three thirty game. At least it's not a night game. Um, right in the middle, sweet spot. Oklahoma State. I love their quarterback Sanders. Um, I, counting on their defense to not play atrocious, but I think they can at least get a three point win here. Me, OK State. Let's go into our dogs. Number one, East CU at BYU. BYU getting three points here, right? Three-point favorite over the uh, the Pirates. Yes, ECU is getting three. Okay, yeah. I read, okay, you, you know what I'm talking about, Steve. Yes. Um, ECU, didn't they just – did they tear up Miami last week? Was it Miami that lost? No, they were playing UCF last week. Oh, UCF. They 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 absolutely racked UCF, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. 34-13. And BYU has played atrocious and every time they've been uh favored to win a game. I feel like what's their record against the spread, CBD? I feel like you just you would be the guy to have the information on your cuff. Uh East Carolina record against the spread. Or BYU. BYU. Oh, BYU. Uh two and six. That's what I want to hear, Chris. The whole fucking show. They have failed to cover their last six. That beautiful. Covered the first two. Oh, and six cents. Give me the goddamn pirates. All right. Pirates here. (laughs) Wow. That is okay. We're we're in wrestling season form. That that that's the dog. Number one. Number two dog here. And and think with me, Oklahoma, a point favorite at Iowa State. Why? What has Oklahoma done to deserve this? Is my question. I I don't know, because Iowa State has played most of the teams that Oklahoma has a lot closer, a lot closer. The defense is much better. I like Iowa State here at home, home dog. Give me Iowa State money line. Those are the dogs. Going to our locks here. Starting out, TCU. Four straight wins over top 20 teams. Four straight. And they're going to keep it going this week, and they're going to win by 10 points at West Virginia. The fighting Mountaineers, led by former Georgia quarterback JT Daniels, who has not played great this year. TCU, seven-and-a-half-point favorite, I believe. Uh, it, I've seen it at some books at seven, seven and a half. I, I think that seven is a more current number. Okay. I like them by 10. Give me TCU, the fighting horned frogs. Great jerseys TCU has come out with. I like You're all, you, you know what, JC? You really need 12. to get a hypno toed shirt because you have been going to TCU on a regular basis. Four straight wins over top 20 teams, Stu. Come on, man. If you're not on the Horn Frogs train, I don't know what you're doing, what you're smoking. I, I, got I the love unis. what Sonny Dykes has done down there is pretty damn Dude, impressive. They're, they're, they play really well in pressure situations, too. I like it. Um, yeah, and their jerseys, I would take their jerseys over Oregon's. Those chrome helmets with the black and the purple, I, I really like it. All right, enough with the jersey talk. Second lock here. Cincinnati. A point favorite at UCF, who just got racked, right, by ECU. Give me Cincinnati. I don't know. I feel like Cincinnati is not getting enough points on these lines the last two weeks. Um, I know they didn't cover last week, but it was by a point, and it was a late touchdown there um, that made them lose that one. But I like Cincinnati for sure, and I don't think this UCF team is good. Interesting to hear what you guys think about that one. I like Cincinnati here um, by at least a touchdown. So you're going Cincy Moneyline, correct? They're a point favorite, right? Uh, No, they're a point dog currently. That must have moved. I it did. has. It has. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it opened at minus Cincy minus one. Well, I hope like the whole defense doesn't have the flu, but give me Cincinnati. I feel like that's a that's an easy play. I feel like Cincinnati money line. Shit. Cincinnati money line all day, baby. Let's go. Um, next lock. Georgia versus Florida. 
I really like Georgia. I haven't played us in a few weeks just because I got PTSD from the Missouri game, really, and for good reason. But researching this game has just really built my confidence in Georgia and knowing how Georgia plays under Kirby Smart versus Florida, and especially when Florida's defense is complete dog shit the way they are. And we have AR's number. We have it. And that's that. I don't think they're going to put enough drives together. We talked about this earlier. Not, I'm going to spare you guys. Go dogs here, 22 and a half. I think it is a 30 point game. Lock. Last pick, best pick, lock here. Number eight, Oregon is at Cal. Cal's dog shit. Cal is the Virginia of the Pac 12. All right. Oregon's getting Oregon 17 point favorite here. I've got 17 and a half. 17 and a half. Everything's moved. But for I think for good reason. Um, Oregon is absolutely demolishing Pac-12 teams. What they did last week was very impressive, and they're making Georgia look better week by week. Week by week. Um, Bo Nix, uh, well, he is playing on the road, so let's just hope the road Bo Nix doesn't show up. Uh, but they are running the ball really well, and they had so much space to run last week. It was like running through tractor-trailer truck hole sized run the run game give me oregon here to win by 20 or more and them's the picks do and i'm feeling really good about this and i don't think you're catching up from this week on okay well i don't really need to catch up to anything uh, i think you will after this week Stu. c v d uh a four and four week on the show um let, let's talk about the pot. Let, let's be positive. 10 and five overall on the dogs this year. Just you're seeing the ball perfectly. You're finding value. Um, locks are two and 11. That's, that's, uh, you know, but that's a lot of value too, because that you make your lock and then you just fade yourself and you'll make some money. Uh, overall 25, 34 and a push. Uh, can we get out of the basement this week? CVD. Oh man. I'm going to be living in the basement if I keep this up. Uh, all right. I'm going to start with my dogs because they have been kind to me. Um, all right. I'm going to start with Eastern Michigan. They're just a team that when you see they're an underdog, you just play them blindly. You don't really research the game because if you research the game, you're probably going to feel very uneasy about it. But they just cover as underdogs. Uh, against Toledo, they have covered uh, five of the last six. They've won a couple of those games outright, including last year as a nine-point dog on the road. Um. You know, a couple of those they were big dogs. A couple of those were small underdogs. They're they're eight and three as a home dog. Twenty two and six as a road dog. Eastern Michigan's a dog. You just take them. Love the fact that the sharps are all over Eastern Michigan. This is a kind of an astound, astonishing uh, number. Seventy one percent of the bets through DraftKings have gone on Toledo. Eighty two percent of the money is on Eastern Michigan. So. All the big bets are going on Eastern, and I think there's a good reason for that. It's just that the Sharps have figured out when you see Eastern as the underdog, just take them. You don't really look into it too much. Uh, they, you know, the, they. to be honest, they are in control of their own destiny in their division. If they were to win this game, they actually would be in great shape to win their division. They get Akron the following week. They get abysmal Central Michigan at the end of the year. Really the only, only test they'd have left is at Kent State. So, you know, you, you never know what these guys and that they they just seem to come to play in games where you least expect them to. Um gonna go with another dog. I uh, got two ACC dogs for you. I'm actually gonna get about three dogs this week. Uh I'm gonna go with the Pitt Panthers. This is not last year's Pitt team, I'm fully aware. But the defense is still playing really well to basically the same level as last year. Last year, they gave up 354 a game. This year, they're actually doing a little better at 334 a game. They're holding opponents to 53% completions. They've got one of the best safeities in the, SC, in the ACC in Eric Hallett. 
He's going to, you know, get some mention for the Thorpe Award. He won't win it, but he's got three interceptions, six pass breakups. They've done a really good job defensively, shut Tennessee out in the second half. And North Carolina comes in, you know, they 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 do what they do. And we all know what they do. They score points. But they also can let anybody score with them. Miami put up 24 points. Duke scored 35 points. The only team they really shut down was Virginia Tech. And if you really had to compare Pitt this year to a team, Notre Dame might be a really good comparison. Kind of an anemic offense. Sometimes. Sometimes Notre Dame's offense looks really good, like against uh, North Carolina. Notre Dame put up 576 yards against North Carolina's defense and ran for 287. Well, that's a big deal considering Israel Abanaconda looks like the second coming of Curtis Martin lately. He broke the school record for rushing yards in a game a few weeks ago. Last week, Pitt lost by 14. They were actually winning that game 10-7 going into the fourth quarter when they gave up a touchdown. They ended up down – they were down seven and um, got a fumble, a lot of fumble return for a touchdown – Otherwise, they might have tied that game. They were they were driving, hoping to tie the game. Keaton Slovis hasn't looked like the quarterback you want him to, but against North Carolina's defense, they make anybody look like a star quarterback. 542 yards allowed against Duke, 297 on the ground that week. Yeah, I, I like Pitt's defense to limit North Carolina and what they do offensively, especially their pass defense, which has played well against everybody. Pitt's getting, uh, I believe, over a field goal right now. They're getting, uh, I'm seeing plus three. Plus three, okay. Plus three, yeah, I like the Panthers here. Uh, And another ACC dog I like is Louisville. Uh, Getting three and a half. I'm coming down from this a little bit only because it's dropped a few points. But I do think that Louisville has the kind of offense that can move the ball against Wake Forest. And we talked about this earlier, Stu, Wake Forest defense. Little improved. Louisville's defense also improved, though. They're only allowing 357, and they've held opponents 55 yards per game below their average. Um, they, they have a good road win against UCF earlier this year. Now they're at home. They've been solid at home, only losing to Florida State. Uh, you know, and, and they need to get to a bowl game. This would be a big win to get there. And Wake Forest, you know, th- this – they're still allowing opponents to put up more than they average. So the defense, while improved, is still not uh, not a whole lot better from last year. They gave up 413 a game last year. This year it's 375, and that's being drugged down by 222 against VMI. That'll probably go up by the end of the year. This still is a Wake Forest team that I think can be gotten to defensively. The last uh, – The last six games in this series have gone over the total, and Louisville has reached at least 32 points in all of them. So if Louisville gets in the 30s, I think they cover this game, stay within a field goal. I think Louisville covers here. Uh, I let my dog pick a play because, you know what? At this point, he's got to be better than me, right? Uh, I, I, literally for your locks has to be. What the hell are you talking about, Chris? What do you mean that you let the dog pick the play? I, I I put the power sweep down next to my dog's face and let him pick a play. And he stuck his nose right on, and you'll be happy about this, JC. The Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Let's go. Watch Stu just completely so, take all his money on Virginia. Just so to- Lux says... Miami, I'm going Miami. As a lock, as a regular play. Uh, just a regular play. Lock it. You know, I, I don't want to – I mean, he probably will be better than me at locks. If he Dude. wins this one, then he'll pick my locks. Chris, next. Okay. Chris, just think with me for a second. Your locks have been atrocious. Yeah. So you don't want to lock this, so you should lock this. <laughs> Or whatever your locks are this week, you just pick the opposite side. Uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. That might be the way to go. Well, I, I'll be honest. I, I went completely. So usually I've been using my locks as our power sweep plays. This week I'm not doing that. Power sweep's been dreadful. I'm going to stay away from my power sweep plays. That explains some things. 
Yeah, uh, I'm going to give out two more plays before I get to my locks. Um, I'm going to go with Notre Dame against Syracuse. That Syracuse game was bullshit last week. Clemson should have covered. Syracuse was losing a lot of guys on defense by the end of the game. Their guys were dropping like flies. They were getting really physically beat up on the defensive line. Clemson was just shoving it down their throat. Um, Cade Klubnick did not lead Clemson to a, a win last week. He was present for the game. He pretty much all he did was hand the ball off to Will Shipley and uh, Moffa. So uh, DJU will play a uh, – has nothing to do with DJU. Screw that guy. Um, Notre Dame will play a good game this week on the road. Notre Dame, this is an interesting stat. Notre Dame has won their last 25 regular season games against ACC teams. Damn. 25 straight. And they're the dog, I believe, here? Yes, three-point dog. Oh. So the curious thing about this game opened at uh, Notre Dame Lane two. It swung five points to Syracuse plus three. Yeah, Notre it's Dame's come play- down slightly two and a half. I suspect that's Notre Dame fanboys kind of buying the buying the line back a little bit. But uh, you know what? I also th- maybe, but I also think that people saw the final score of the Syracuse game last week. They're like, oh, they almost beat Clemson. Well, well that, that line moved on Sunday, and moving the line five points is not coming from – No, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I still think that, you know, when we, I had the same conversation with someone about the LSU Ole Miss game last week because that moved early. It was, it was me. Yeah, that moved – well, I, I actually – that move that game moves earlier than we thought because apparently guy in Vegas told me that that line was originally LSU two and then it moved to Ole Miss one and the public moved it or I'm sorry it was the other way around it was L- Ole Miss two I can't remember yeah That's no I think that game opened at Ole Miss. See, minus two and it's I'd, I'd have to look and see a guy in Vegas told me that it actually opened LSU too. And That's the sharps the crazy. sharps bet Ole Miss and then the public bet it back to LSU. Yeah. Is what I was told. I didn't know that. But um yeah, I, I think that Notre Dame's played a way tougher schedule too. They they've been an underdog twice. They beat North Carolina, who I think is a better team than Syracuse, and they only lost to Ohio State by eleven. Uh, I'm also going to take UCF. Sorry, JC. Um, I know they're off that loss last week. They had four turnovers in that game. I thought UCF was the better team all year. I'm going to put my faith in John Reese Plumley. And, you know, prior to last week, they did look really good. And they, they beat, uh, that same SMU team that, you know, Cincinnati, they, they did have it in control because we had Cincinnati last week, you know, we're frustrated they didn't cover. But they did beat that same SMU team by 22 earlier this year. Um, all right, now for my locks. Who am I going to screw? Uh, Florida State Seminoles will be the first team. Coming off three straight losses, but losing a pretty good teams. They've lost to Clemson, Wake Forest, and NC State before Devin Leary got hurt. Well, he got hurt in the course of that game. But they were up 17-0 in that game and blew the lead. Uh, I think this uh, Florida State team is going to be angry off a bye against the Georgia Tech team, who I think now has finally cashed it in. Well, Jeff Sims is out, correct? Yes, he is out, and they just lost to Virginia by a touchdown. They put up 202 yards last week. Akron transfer Zach Gibson completed all of uh, 10 of 25. But Yeah, uh, 10 of 25 for 99 yards. Hey, sorry to interrupt, Chris. Stu, Chris, can we start like a petition to just cancel the Georgia Tech-Georgia game this year and maybe get a rematch with Tennessee or Michigan State in here? Uh, because I don't we, even – We, we don't want to come down there. We're not – save us for a couple of years. We're, we'll, we're a few years. Away. We'll play our G- practice squad. Georgia-Clemson, how's that? That way we can beat Clemson and actually not have them in a playoff because I don't yeah, think Yeah, yeah, Clemson should come down. That's a good idea because I don't want to see them bullshits in there with that damn two quarterbacks. Yeah. What the fuck was that? Did y'all see that shit? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, dude. What the fuck is wrong with DJ? Like, what is your problem, man? It's not and then it's they had out- moments where he uh that Wake Forest game, there was a few moments in that game where he made some really tough throws. 
and they were spot on, dead on the money. Like, oh, you see what he's capable of. Okay, so yeah. he's a Pac-12 he has he, he has mental lapses. Like and, and, three last week. And it's just like it, it hasn't changed. Yeah. You can't you can't have that. Like nobody wants to see them get boat raced. They have one of the best defenses in the country, and they're gonna get boat raced because they have a quarterback who doesn't know where he's at. He might have yeah, early he, onset CTE. I don't know. He's he Stu's right though. He he looks really good at times, and then yeah. he fumbles no, the ball you. on the three yard line and gets and he should have given that ball up. Like I, I you know, it's one of those read plays and I, I know the defensive end was sliding in but just he, he, they were blitzing off the corner just give the ball up let your running back get a yard or two against a, a defensive lineman is standing stationary I, I you know get down to the one yard line live to see another down instead he fumbles the ball and gets returned for a touchdown yeah D, dj's just a Dude. guy that's waiting for bad are things gonna, to are they gonna play kate I know all the Clemson fans I've seen. No, no. DJ's starting. DJ's starting the next game. And I, I I saw nothing from Cade Klubnick to tell me that he's he should be the starter. Oh, he dude, he had pretty good placement. I know he had one behind a receiver, right? I might be he threw I mean, four passes. Well, I mean that one where he scrambled for the uh two point the two point conversion was the only play he made. The only play he made. And I, but that but was the only play they asked him to turn it over. You know, they, you know it they, was they, the they threw it four times. <laughs> But listen, DJ did fumble, right? I mean, well, I, no, I understand. I understand. So even the few plays he played, he didn't make dumbass decisions. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know that Clubman is going to win you games. He might not lose you a game, and it's you a very small sample. Up size. Will Levis and win a game with that defense. I, it, it's a very small sample size, but obviously they don't have the faith in him yet. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think the Florida State minus twenty four all pissed off off three losses against a bad Georgia Tech team. Might really take advantage of this at home. And Norvell needs a dominant win to get them confidence to go down the stretch and at least make a bowl game, get seven. I think he needs seven wins probably. So I, th- I think Florida State will dominate this game. And I'm going to go – oh, my God. I'm going to go to the Pac-12. Oh, fuck. Welcome in. I'm going to go with USC. Lang, I think it's – is it 10 against Arizona? I believe it's 10. Yeah. Um, I don't think Arizona can stop them once. USC will get enough stops. This is one of those Lincoln-Riley games where uh, he just outscores the other team. Actually, it is 15 and a half. Excuse me. Damn. Okay. Uh-oh. USC-Arizona... Oh, I'm sorry. We had our line at 10 in Power Sweep, which I disagreed with. Uh, yeah, I'll stick with it. I'm not going to back out. Uh, yeah, USC. I, I, I still, I, I don't think that Arizona can stop them. They, they are giving up 454 yards a game. Last week, they gave up 595 to Washington. They gave up 580 to Oregon. They're allowing 76 yards per game, more than their opponent's average. Their opponents are completing 71% of their passes. Arizona only has a only has eight sacks. They don't get to the quarterback. They have zero sacks in the last two games. Gave up five sixteen passing the Penix last week. I think USC is just going to shred them. They're off off a bye, off that loss to Utah. So you, you got to think they're going to want to come in strong here. They still have a chance. I mean, I I don't want to say a playoff, but they can win the Pac twelve. They can't afford to lose any games. That's for sure. And with Colorado and California on deck, this really is the focal point of their season until they get to UCLA. So they can pretty much dominate this game and then kind of cruise through the next two home games. So, yeah, I'm going to go with USC and, you know, just hope. Okay. And those are CBD's picks. Yeah. It's up to me now. Six. And three last week. Oh, how good it feels. How good it feels. 40 and 34. A commanding lead, some would say. Commanding lead currently in the standings. Let's go with the regular plays. I'm going to the ACC to start off. Tech, NC State, under 39 and a half. Virginia Tech, I think, actually does have 
an okay defense. I think the yes. numbers bear that out. NC State, we know they have a pretty darn good defense. Both these offenses are complete aids in Hep C. It, it is it is brutal to watch. I know NC State's coming off the bye. So uh, is it Gannon, Jack Gannon? What's their quarterback's name, Chris? I forget his name off the top of my head. For the for NC State, it's yeah. uh, Chambers. Chambers, Gannon, Rich Gannon. I don't care. Jack I, Chambers. Jack Chambers. I got half of it right. I, I just don't feel like it, it's enough time. He, he looks very uncomfortable in that system. You also may see some MJ Morris. He's a true freshman. Yeah. Uh, I I don't doubt it. I You know, I know it's a 13 and a half point line or so. Um, I'm just going to take the under 39 and a half. I'm going with another first half under hit for me last week in Rutgers, Indiana. I'm going Auburn, Arkansas, first half under 31. I think one of two things happens. Either Arkansas is up 28 to 3 or 28 nothing, or it's a slugfest and it's like 17 to 6. Uh, I, I believe Auburn has a good defense. I, I am convinced they really struggle uh, throwing Ashford. Finley, it doesn't matter who's back there. It's just not going to work out. I think Arkansas can stuff the run adequately. I think Bigsby will have a tough time running. And, yeah, I'm going to take the first half under and and play that. Marshall, minus two at home against Coastal. I think we all agree Coastal is a little bit of a fraud. They got found out before the bye. I think that continues here. Line open. Coastal laying one. Now they're two-point dogs at Marshall. I'm going to take the Thunder and Herd and the McConaughey's. I'm going to take this Rice team laying 16 and a half at home against Charlotte. What Charlotte did is almost incomprehensible from last week. I, I don't know how they did that. I have no clue how you give up 38 points or whatever it was to FIU and get blown out. I read through the box score. Shout out philsteel.com. I read through everything. I, I still don't understand how Charlotte was so bad. A lot of fumbles, a lot of nine play drives, 16 yards total gains. This Charlotte team just fired the head coach. I think this is womp, womp, abandoned ship. Shout out Bobby Ross. Give me the Owls at home, lane 16 and a half. For all the reasons previously mentioned, and just call it a hunch play, give me Cincy Moneyline as a dog. By the way, should say 7 and 10 on the dogs this year. Give me Cincy Moneyline. I'm going to take the mean green of North Texas getting 10. This has been a show team. This has been a team that has been used multiple times uh, by multiple folks. Well, mainly Chris, I think. And then I used them recently as well. It, it, this North Texas team is – is they're scrappy. They can run the ball. Uh, I, I think they can throw the ball a little bit. Uh, on, Ayun. Ani. Ani. Uh, Austin, yeah. first Former name. pro baseball player. Yes, he he has been up and down, but he's capable, and I'll take that. I'm just not buying this Western Kentucky team. This is not the team that it, I still feel like they're getting the respect of the team from last year, and they're getting close, and they're approaching what the Bailey Zappi-led Hilltoppers did last year, but it's it's different. It's a different story. Give me North Texas plus 10. I think they can keep it close. Notre Dame plus two and a half. Re, uh, I, I side with Chris on this. You look at the stats and the numbers. It, it's a weird – the line is telling me don't stay the hell away from this, but I'm going to use them as my dog because start looking at the stats and it just don't make a lot of sense. Ole Miss is my lock of the week. Ten and seven on the year on my locks. It's, it's purely simple. Texas A&M's defense is not that great. 
I think there is a ton of things happening in that building. In fact, I know there's a lot of things happening in that building. I think Ole Miss comes into this. They do what they have been doing. And I don't think Texas A&M is capable of exploiting the problems in the Ole Miss defense the way they would want to. I think it, their offense is literally uh, A-chain, right? I mean, that's that's literally their offense. And then Hayes King or Connor Wegman throwing 50-50 balls up for Evan Stewart or, or Muhammad or whoever. I, I think Ole Miss can score and maintain ball possession and really dominate this game in Kyle Field at night. And I think this is a swan song for Jimbo. And no more old piss, okay? We won't be saying that anytime soon. So those are the picks, folks. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll be back next week, week 10. Until then, check out NC Sports, ncsports.com. Power Sweep still available. Still got some deals for the folks, Chris. Over there, I'm, I, I know uh, I just started listening to beginning of Power Sweep. So I know uh, folks, if they want to hop on and get some of this uh, statistics, info, the write-ups, it's it's we, there. We do have the NFL game of the month going this week, and we've oh, been boy. much better in our NFL plays. So. Oh, boy. I take no credit for that. I do not do the NFL handicap. Oh, a little NFL game of the month. You can get that. You can get that ncsports.com, NC Sports, the place to be. And as always, check out our friend, the Lieutenant J.C. Shelton, talking with Todd Gurley. I listened to it while I was cutting the yard earlier this afternoon. So uh, thank you, buddy. Good, very good show. And uh, that is, of course, UGA Football Live. So check that out wherever you get your podcast, folks. We'll see you next time. Hopefully the Bobcat will be with us. Later.